Move by Mamma Mia is the exercise app for anybody, anywhere. And in case you missed it, we dropped a brand new stretching collection that can be used to improve mobility and bookend your favourite sweat sessions. Mamma Mia subscribers get unlimited access to Move and we drop new workouts every single week. If you're on the hunt for movement that makes you feel good, head to move.mamamia.com.au and use the code MOVE10 to get $10 off a yearly subscription. You're listening to a Mamma Mia podcast. Mamma Mia acknowledges the traditional owners of land and waters that this podcast is recorded on. Hello and welcome to You Beauty Mamma Mia's daily podcast for your face, the only daily beauty podcast in the world. I know I say that a lot, but it's pretty damn spectacular and it's something we're very proud of. I'm Kelly McCarran and every Thursday I spotlight or deep dive on what's trending or interesting or just something we or you have been banging on about in beauty land, which is a joyous place to be. And this week, we're spotlighting something that you've probably wondered about, but were too scared to ask. We're talking about laser burns. Today's topic came from the Beauty Facebook group. And if you're not a member already, get on it ASAP, because it is the loveliest community of over 60,000 humans. It's one of the only, actually, it is the only Facebook community I've ever seen where there is pretty much absolutely no bitchiness. It's just, or negativity, it's just like lovely people coming together to talk about things that make us happy, like lipsticks, or pervy things like laser burns. So a listener posted, I got my eighth laser hair removal session done yesterday morning, and I was left with a series of laser burns along my bikini line. I normally feel no pain with laser, but this one killed. After a few zaps, the therapist asked if my period was due, and I advised that it had finished a couple days ago. She said it was probably increased sensitivity due to hormones. I have a very high pain tolerance, so I pushed on. My skin felt like it was on fire after the session. Lots of post-laser gel was applied. I went back to the clinic at 4pm yesterday and a senior therapist assessed me and deemed they were burns. She applied topical burn gel and gave me some to take home to apply and advised to also cold compress. I'm due to return a call from the clinic's manager, but before I do, I'd like some advice on what I should do or ask from here. I was like so surprised by this. I didn't even think it could happen. Laser burn honestly sounds like some sort of fresh hell, like final destination nightmare shit, but obviously it's not. And I don't want to like scare anyone. Now as a laser novice, I thought, well, I need to get an expert in because I know so many UBs have had laser before. And obviously this isn't like a common experience. So I brought in Dr. Jonathan Hopkirk, who is Laser Clinic's Global Medical Director to tell us why this might happen. A lot of the time it's probably because we've been naughty to BH, what to do if it does and how to avoid it. So Jonathan, I've never had a laser appointment. Would you be able to walk me through what an appointment actually looks like? Yeah, sure. So first off, as with any you know sort of hybrid medical beauty treatment, you're going to want to have a consultation first. So you come in for the complimentary consultation and the therapist will take you through what the process of the treatment is, but they'll also address any uh, medical issues that the patient might have. They'll look to discuss any medications or allergies that the patient might have, which are really important. And then they'll assess your skin type. So the skin type's really, really important because that will determine which device you're used on. So there's two different types of laser devices that we use. So there's one that you can treat people with a darker skin type, and then there's one that you can treat people with a lighter skin type. So the therapist will assess your skin type, tailor a treatment plan to the patient. So they'll get an understanding around 
what areas you want to treat and what your desired results are. And then the treatment plan will be um, put in place. And then when you actually have the treatment, so what you do is, is you come in, the therapist will address all of those things again. So like medical history, make sure there's been no changes, make sure that you've adhered to pre-care, which is really important. And then within the treatment itself, provided everything's lined up and all is good to go, the area that's been treated is cleansed and clean. So they clean the area. Both therapists and the patient have to have goggles on because obviously it's a laser and it grabs onto pigment and there's pigment in your eyes. So the last thing you want is obviously the laser grabbing onto pigment outside of the area we're treating. The area is marked up and then they proceed with the treatment and what it feels like, which is a common question you get is, is it painful? And I've had laser myself and the thing is it shouldn't be painful. It should feel like a little rubber band flicking your skin sort of repetitively. It should be more than bearable and that's a really important note to make. Then basically the therapist would apply some laser aid to the skin, which is just a, a nice cooling, soothing skin Skinstitute product that we use after the treatment. And then uh, you're sent on your way to enjoy the rest of your day. So what's the prep like beforehand? What do you need to avoid? Because I think this is probably the biggest thing in these burns happening if people aren't prepping properly. And it's really important because that's what will set you up for one best results, but it'll also you know, really reduce the risks of, of any complications or any issues arising. So you need hair, might sound a little bit backwards, but you want to avoid things like waxing, uh, you know, at least for sort of two to four months, because, you know, the hair cycle itself, like it, it takes about four months or so to get it a good amount of growth. You need there to be hair for the laser to grab onto. So we tell people to avoid treatments like uh, plucking or waxing which will pull the hair completely out of the follicle because then it's going to be much harder for the the laser to actually grab onto anything we want the patient though to shave the night before so shave the night before and the reason is for that you want there to be hair in the follicle but the more hair that is above the skin that hair is going to be targeted by the laser and then anything that is targeted by the laser and then gets treated will fall onto the skin and then that can just irritate the skin. So it's good for there just to be in the hair follicle itself and the laser can still grab onto that. So you want to shave the night before. You want to avoid sunlight. Really, really important. You know, much easier now when we've got weather like this, but generally in the summer months, people are beach bodies and they're out and about in the um, sun. And the difficulty with that is that if you've been in the sun within a two to three week period before the treatment, there's already heat in the skin. And when you're using a laser, even though you're targeting the pigment in the, the hair itself, or if you're using a different device because you've got a darker skin type, it actually targets the blood supply to the hair. But the problem is if there's already heat in the skin and then you're using a laser, there can be too much heat in the skin and that's where you can get complications arising. So it's really important to avoid sun exposure for a couple of weeks. Try and remove or please remove fake tan when people come in you know, with a body full of fake tan and they're wanting to treat these areas. A couple of things. One, you know, that's going to increase the risk of complications because it's extra material sitting on top of the skin that the laser doesn't like. And then also it means that our therapists are going to have to, you know, do extra work in removing a lot of uh, fake tan. So you want to avoid fake tan. Try and make sure that you're not fake tan when you come in. Other things as well that are important to address, so melanotan, people that you know take melanotan injections to tan, uh, you want to avoid that for six months beforehand. Reason being is that that changes your skin type or Fitzpatrick or as we would call it. So 
it needs to be your baseline skin type for us to have a really good understanding around what is the best device to use and the safest settings to use. If you've used things which change your skin type away from what your baseline would be, then it raises the risk of not being able to match up the settings absolutely correctly with your skin type. So no melanotan for six weeks. And then you just want to be gentle with your skin. So no active ingredients for a couple of days beforehand so the skin's not irritated. Mamma Mia subscribers, you've been asking and we've been listening. Now you can get all of your exclusive subscriber audio on Apple Podcasts. That includes everything from bonus episodes of your favourite pods to exclusive segments to all of our audio series. To link your Mamma Mia subscription to Apple Podcasts, open the Mamma Mia Out Loud page in your Apple Podcasts app and follow the prompts or head to help.mamamia.com.au. So laser hair removal has great results for most people. Like we do need to say that. Most people are absolutely fine. But how often does laser actually have complications? Yeah, so these treatments came from, you know, dermatology, doctor-led clinics. The medical grade device is a really important consideration, both in the pre-care phase, as I was talking about there, and the consultation to disclose any information And sometimes that might mean that you have to reschedule the treatment because like I was saying, sun exposure, melanotan, all these sorts of things can have an impact. But fortunately, complications don't occur often at all. We do three and a half million plus laser hair and skin treatments a year and our complication rate, so our stats, is 0.02% on that. So it's, it's not a large volume, but generally speaking, they're minor and they resolve pretty quickly. So some of the minor issues you might get is you know, if someone has had sun exposure and they haven't let you know about it, you can get what they call a sort of prolonged follicular edema, so follicle being where the hair shaft is housed. That can become a little bit irritated, can sort of absorb the heat, become a bit inflamed and red for a couple of days. Very, very rarely, and sometimes it's very hard to predict which patients will. A good question generally asked at the consultation is, are you someone that responds to heat or heat-like devices with a change in pigment because you'll notice some patients when they have had um, you know treatments of any sort in the past that might involve heat they can sometimes get a slight hyperpigmentation in the area that's been treated so that's really important to understand that because they will be at risk of them potentially having a hyperpigmentation which fades and you can use fading creams to smooth that out but for the most part yeah it's their minor complications and very very rare but that's the importance of the pre-care and disclosing all of your information before the treatment. It's so important. And why would someone, like, why might they be left with small burns? Small pigment changes and small burns will occur when the patient hasn't disclosed honestly what they've been doing in the couple of weeks before. We all live busy lives now. So, you know, people come in and they've booked in that treatment and, you know, that's the only treatment they're going to be able to make for the next month. And they don't necessarily understand the importance of why we're asking these questions, but they're there for a reason. It's really, really important that you front these questions honestly. So if you've absorbed heat into the skin before coming into the treatment, and then you have more heat in the laser treatment, there's a risk of small burns to the skin, to the top layers of the skin where the laser is targeting, and also a risk of hyperpigmentation, either because the skin has been slightly burnt or because there's just, you know, there's already heat in that skin might not lead to 
any damage to the skin with regards to any blistering or anything like that but it can change the pigment of the skin which again you'd need to address with baiting creams and other treatment measures which we provide but another thing that can occur as well is that folliculitis so that's quite common in the summer months folliculitis being follicleitis being inflammation so what happens is that the patient gets a treatment particularly in the summer months Aussies and Kiwis love to be at the beach and exercising and they're very active so we do advise people look for 24 hours try not to exercise you want to be gentle with the area you don't want to disrupt the area because it's sensitive right you've just had a laser treatment but what people can do is they can go and put on active wear we love active wear and ANZ so put on active wear go running around exercising and that just irritates the area that you've treated so if you've treated the leg you've got active wear tightly around that it needs time to breathe. It also creates more heat in that area as well because it's firmly sort of vacuumed onto the skin when you're wearing those sorts of clothes. So it irritates the skin and then those follicles become inflamed. Then they can become infected. Fortunately, that doesn't happen often, but it's generally when people have gone and, and done the things that we've said not to. So that's, that's another complication that can occur, but it's fortunately very rare. Can you tell us what someone should do if they experience any complications from a laser hair removal treatment? So, so, so important, and I can't stress this enough, that people come back in. We have a lot of systems and, and, and processes in place to manage adverse events or complications when they occur. And we pride ourselves on that. We've got a, a medical board made up of three dermatologists, myself and, and another doctor as well, who's an aesthetic physician. But these three dermatologists have got over 100 years' experience with lasers between them. Now, one of our dermatologists was the first ever doctor in, in Australia to use a candela laser in 1982. And they've set up processes in place where we manage any complications internally because we have a team of doctors and nurses as well. So initial point of contact would be to come back into the clinic and then that clinic will get in touch with our team of doctors via telehealth. They can then guide the medical management of any complications with their training, which they've had specifically from our dermatologists. And then that treatment plan will be put in place and um, a medical team will be following through on that with our clinic. So we want to know when adverse events or complications occur because one, we want to make sure the patient has a full recovery. And then two, it's always an opportunity for us to learn. You know, always an opportunity for us to reflect, to revise, look at our processes, look at our policies, look at that particular patient. Was it something about their skin type? Was there an underlying skin condition? That's how medicine evolves is, when something occurs, you've got to get that feedback from that. You've got to get that understanding. And from that understanding, then you, you can tighten up processes and just get better as you go along. So come back in. I'm really, really important that we can look after you when these things occur, albeit really. Is it easy to resolve or is it something that can take a little bit of time? Yeah, most complications are really minor. Hyperpigmentation can take a little bit longer because you're dealing with pigment, but um, resolving pigment issues with you know steroid creams or fading creams um, isn't too hard to do. For us, what we what we find hard is just managing the patient's behaviour. So if the patient is told, you know, in the middle of summer, you've got a skin type that has become more pigmented, just in the areas that we've treated, it's really important that you avoid sun exposure for the next you know few weeks or so quite hard for some patients to do that so that can sort of prolong things but all going well these things do resolve pretty quickly and more often than not so the majority of these issues are very minor in nature we'll be back in your ears tomorrow with your recommendations for the week so get those wallets 
jingling and jangling. No one has a wallet anymore, Kelly. Everyone has their cards on their phone. Make sure you're following us wherever you get your podcasts and have a glorious, glorious day. I'll be back in your ears tomorrow. Bye.